Hey, girlfriends, Danielle Bean here. I'm going to be taking a little time off over this week and next to spend some time over the holidays with my family. I'm sure you are too, but I don't want to leave you hanging while I'm gone. So I'm going to, over the next two weeks, highlight a couple of popular episodes from the last couple of years. You may have missed these or you may have heard them and you'd like a refresher on them. This week, I am going to be sharing an older episode called Don't Hide Your Light, where I really encourage you to think about what your gifts are and the ways that you are meant to share them in the world. I got a lot of feedback on this episode back when it aired for the first time, and I hope you're going to enjoy it this time as well. In the meantime, I want to wish you and your family a, a blessed Christmas season. May God give you and yours an abundance of joy. God bless you and your family. Merry Christmas. Girlfriends, episode number 206, Don't Hide Your Light. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Thanks for being here. Thank you for showing up for this newest episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. If this is your first time enjoying the Girlfriends Podcast, I just want to give you a big, warm welcome. Thank you for checking it out. I hope you're going to enjoy what we share here. If you're a longtime listener, Welcome back. I'm glad you're here. It's always a good gathering of friends. I always love being able to connect with you here on the podcast. So this week, I am enjoying some ordinary time. Are you? How do you feel after the holidays? So this particular week, I record these a week in advance. So um, my daughter, Juliet, just went back to school. And we're really this week is the first week where we're really back in regular routines with nobody here who isn't usually here throughout the year, getting back into school schedules, work schedules. We already were doing some of that, but now it's like real. And the Christmas tree needs to come down. <laughs> I felt like after my daughter left, it was the first moment I actually had between the holidays and the wedding and everything to like pause and take a breath and look around. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel overwhelmed by the Christmas stuff that's up. I know I know all about Candlemas and February 2nd. You can leave the stuff up till then. But honestly, it just starts to feel cluttered and makes me feel a little bit sad and old and tired having Christmas stuff up past this point. So definitely on the list to take Christmas stuff down this week. Enjoy that fresh, clean January feeling of new space. Are you doing that? Are you enjoying that? I think this is a wonderful time of year to declutter and maybe that's going to be a topic we take up in a future show because I love that fresh clean feeling, especially once you take down the Christmas tree, which we usually have a fairly large Christmas tree. So it takes up a lot of space. And then, you know, you get accustomed to it. It's like that, that folktale, right? Where the man complains that there's not enough room in his house for his family. And the wise older man keeps advising him to bring animals in and they keep bringing more and more animals and other people in. And then when they clear it all out, it feels so wonderful. Well, I think the Christmas tree kind of serves that purpose. As much as I love it when it's gone, it feels really nice to have that clean space. It's a very January feeling for me. Anyway, looking forward to that this week, even though it will make some members of my household sad to really see the official end of Christmas. There's something really nice about ordinary time. And as much as I love having my big kids home, I also love our quiet and routines and other things that we can't quite get to when I've got a house full of people. One funny story before I dive into this week's topic from a, a symptom of the chaos that was my household over the holiday season. You know, we had people staying with us. We had some friends with us. We had some of the kids' friends staying with us in and out and back and forth all through up through the wedding when we were packing up and uh, driving to New Haven, Connecticut for a few days. That's where the wedding was. Anyway, 
at the end of it all, I was like catching up on laundry and deep down in the bottom of the hamper where, you know, we have towels and sheets and whatnot that need to be cleaned. I came across this strange pair of men's underwear, which I knew wasn't a brand any of my boys wear, certainly not tan. <laughs> anyway, it's so funny to be talking about this. It's just us girls here. We can talk about men's underwear if we want to. Anyway, uh, and it was just so funny to me, like, how did this get here? And I checked with a few of my guys and no, none of them claimed ownership of this funny pair of underwear. So I just tossed it. But <laughs> how did that happen? Whose are those? What is going on? Uh, but you know, it's kind of fun to have chaos over the holidays and uh, anything goes, but you know, funny underwear shows up in your family laundry. It's just kind of amusing in that way. Anyway, tell me if you had anything similar going on in your household over the holiday season and tell me if you are enjoying this switch over to ordinary time and regular routines. All right, let's dive into this week's topic, which is don't hide your light. I cannot remember what made me think of taking on this topic, but I made a note of it a few months back. I think I must have bumped into it somewhere. This concept of not hiding our light. Let's first of all talk about what that means. And so, of course, I am quoting a scripture passage here, um, Matthew chapter 5, the similes of salt and light. Let me just read this to get us into the right theme for this topic. This is Jesus speaking here. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so, your light must shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. Now, this is a challenging passage for me sometimes because I like read that description of a light of the world. I mean, of course, it's beautiful and it's inspiring, right? And a city set on a mountain. And you know what? Sometimes I don't want to be a city set on a mountain. I just want to blend in. I just want to be normal. I just want to be like everybody else. I don't want anybody paying attention to me. It's uncomfortable. So let's talk about that because, of course, as Christians, we are meant to be the light of the world, a city set on the mountain, not to hide our light under a bushel basket. Now, let's talk about what that means and what that doesn't mean. So in order to do that, I thought maybe let's let's just talk about some of the reasons why you might not want to be a shining light, why you might be tempted to hide your shine, to hide your light, whatever that means for you, right? Let's Let's talk about what that, first of all, what that might mean, like what is your light? And honestly, I think it's anything you're good at anything you're good at. Of course, we have the light of the truth of the gospel and our faith, and that, of course, is the brightest light and what we're meant to allow to shine before the world. But part and parcel of that is all the ways that we're talented in other areas of our lives, because that can be a force for the good, an attractive force for other human beings saying, hey, she's pretty awesome. I like this thing she did. She's talented at this. Uh, I appreciate this about this person. I want to know more about what she's got going on. And if your Catholic faith is part of that, what, what a beautiful gift that is to be able to shine that light before the world. So it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Sometimes we think about like, what are my talents? And I, I hear from people sometimes saying, I don't have talents, but everybody does, of course, right? Everybody's good at certain things. And I just want to encourage you to think a little bit about what are you good at that other people you know, struggle with that maybe just comes a little bit easier for you. Maybe it's like organization. Maybe your house is, is clean and organized and you see other people struggle and you're not really sure. 
um, what that's all about. <laughs> or maybe it's that you're really awesome at throwing parties. Or maybe you're just a really good listener and a good friend. Or maybe you're a great singer. You know, talents, sometimes we think of talents just as like creative talents. Like you can, you can sing, you can dance, you can write, you can paint pictures or whatever. And of course, that is part of your light if, if those creative things are part of what um, God has made you good at. But it doesn't have to be stuff like that. It might be that you're really awesome at spreadsheets. <laughs> as unromantic as that sounds. We need people who are really awesome at spreadsheets. Um, think about the kinds of things that you are good at. Maybe it's in your parenting. Maybe it's inside of your marriage. Maybe it's in your friendships. Maybe it's in your work. Maybe it's in your organization of your household. Even something small. So to begin this conversation, I just want to encourage you to think about what are some of those things and speak that truth out loud about yourself. I mean, okay, if you're driving in the car, you can just say out loud, like, I am really good at organizing my kids' school schedules, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Um, but I, I just want to encourage you to think about what's true and good about you and own that. Because often we're way too good at owning the things that are bad about ourselves and we will speak those things out loud, true or not. We will speak those things out loud about ourselves. But let, let's speak positive and truthful things about ourselves, about the good things that we can do, the things that we're good at. So let's begin there. And, um, you know, I think all too often, women especially, apologize, sort of, for the things that we're good at. What is that? Like, why do we do that? You know, I, I think of like an example where um, I remember one time on social media, I, I found a used juice box in the upstairs bathroom shower, and I just thought it was hilarious. And I took a photo of it and put it on Instagram. And like someone was enjoying, you know, juice in the shower. Like I thought that was funny. And um, somebody commented about how clean my shower looked. And my immediate response was to reply back, oh, that's just because it was chore day the day before. And oh, you should see my downstairs bathroom. And oh, like, why not just say, yeah, thanks, <laughs> you know? Like, I don't need to apologize because my shower was clean. And yet sometimes that's our inclination to apologize for the things that we've done right, the things we've done good, as simple as having a clean shower. Um, but even more complex than that, even bigger than that, that's sometimes our natural feminine inclina inclination. And I want to talk to you about that. I want to make you aware of times in your life when you might be tempted to do that. And I want to encourage you to think about why you do that. And is that a good thing? Is that what God wants you to do? Do you have to always negate positive things people might say to you, affirmations people might give you? Um, how hard is it just to say thank you? I think that's a huge thing. I um, used to work with a woman who I, I was really inspired by the fact that though I sometimes struggled to just say thank you when someone paid me a compliment, I noticed that she would say not just thank you, she would say, thank you so much for saying that. And I thought that's a beautiful way to accept a compliment because it's not saying, because sometimes I think we're hesitating to say thank you, like, oh, thanks, I know, I'm amazing, right? That's what it feels like we're saying. Of course it's not, but that's why we might hesitate to say thank you. Um, but this this woman would just say thank you so much for saying that. And it was sort of like re returning an affirmation to the person, like, that's really kind of you to say that because we, we all notice good things about other people and we don't always say them. We don't always affirm people as much as we should. Sometimes we hold back, whether it's because of jealousy or feelings of inadequacy on our own part or shyness or whatever, um, but just compliment the person for saying it and let them know you appreciate that they said it. And then it feels less like, I know, thank you, I'm so amazing. And it's more like, thank you for saying that. I, you know, that's a really nice thing that you said about me and I'm acknowledging it. 
So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. You might consider making that phrase your own. Thank you so much for saying that because I, I think it's really, it's really a nice, a nice way to accept a compliment, not reject a compliment and yet gives the other person some affirmation as well. All right. So let's get into some of these reasons. We've already talked a little bit about some of them, but some reasons why you might be tempted to hide your light, not let your light shine. Why is that bushel basket so appealing sometimes? Okay, so the first one I want to talk about is we don't want to brag, right? Because it feels like we're bragging if we're showing people that we're good at something. But God gave you a gift. Whatever it is we're thinking about, whatever it is we're talking about, God gave you that gift. He made you good at that thing. So using it is giving glory to God. I think that really it's just a kind of mindset shift where you think sometimes like, oh, if I let other people see that I'm really great at this thing, then it feels like I'm, you know, collecting up all the glory for myself. Well, switch your mindset. Think about being really great at that thing and allowing other people to see it and enjoy it and benefit from it as a way that you can give glory to God. And you can do that with your words, but even just mentally, I think it's really important to have that kind of humble acceptance of a gift that God has given you and then use it in a way that's going to bless other people. And yeah, people will notice maybe and will compliment you and praise you for this good thing you did. Hopefully they will, <laughs> but it's not bragging to allow other people to see something that you are good at. It is bragging. We all know bragging when we hear it. It is bragging to go and stick it in other people's faces and to be making sure people will notice the things that you're good at. But just simply being good at something and employing your gifts and allowing other people to benefit from the things that you are good at, using your gifts in service to the people that God places in your life, that's not bragging. That's doing what God made you to do that's actually very humble. And I think it'd be helpful to think about yourself sometimes. I do this. I try to practice this as an instrument that God can use for his benefit. You know, I'll never forget, uh, there was one time when I was going to give one of my retreats, um, You're Worth It, to a group of women. And I was really suffering physically, and I had a lot of stress going on at home. I had a really bad headache. And I was like, just praying through it, like, I am not feeling this, Lord. Like, I can't go and boost up and affirm these women, um, which is what the retreat is designed to do, right? You know, affirm these women in their, their identities as daughters of God, as precious, beloved daughters of our Creator, and tell them how worthy they are and what dignity they have when I wasn't feeling it myself. I was really struggling. And I just prayed through that in that, um, that time. I was just praying, God, just use me. It's not me anyway, right? And it was a good reminder for me that anything I might accomplish in my work or, um, you know, giving retreats or things that I might write, like, it's all God doing that. Any good that might come of it is all God. It's all to give glory to Him, but it all comes from Him. And so at that time, I remember very deliberately praying, like, Holy Spirit, just, you're the one. Just use me in whatever way you can to reach these women. And, um, you know, in the end, I, plenty of women told me they appreciated that retreat. And I know good things came from it. And it wasn't me. Couldn't be more clear it wasn't me. So I think having that kind of mindset can help us to understand that, you know, it's not us anyway. I can kind of remove that idea of bragging. If you're thinking of yourself as an instrument that God can use, just ask him to make you that. Ask him for inspiration about the ways in which he wants you to use your talents to serve him. 
ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to inspire your words and your works and everything you might ever do, every conversation you might ever have. Ask the Holy Spirit to work through you in those ways, to use you as an instrument for his good, for his will. Promise you he won't let you down. He will answer that prayer. And just praying that prayer is a good reminder to each of us that this isn't about bragging. This isn't about us. This isn't about anything amazing we might ever accomplish. It's all about him. So good mindset shift there. Okay. So it's not bragging. Okay. Number two, a reason why you might be tempted to not let your light shine, why you want to hide under that bushel basket is that we don't want to make other people feel bad. Right. And I think this was my motivation when, uh, you know, that social media post that I mentioned, like with the clean shower where someone's like, oh my gosh, your shower is so clean. I guess I was immediately thinking, oh, her shower's not clean. I'm making her feel bad about her shower that needs to be clean and she's not getting around to it. I don't want to be that burden on this other person. Okay. Well, we're, we're kind of getting, <laughs> we're kind of getting twisted up in our own thoughts here a little bit too much when we're letting that hold us back from doing something and allowing other people to benefit from something that we're good at, that maybe we've accomplished something good. And I'm not saying I'm good at cleaning my showers, okay? <laughs> anyway, um, the whole point here is that when we're holding back because we don't want to make someone else feel bad, that there's a remedy for that. The remedy for that is to make it a habit to go about your life building other people up, affirming other people in the good things they do. Now, I've already mentioned that a lot of times we hold back. We might notice something really good about somebody, and because we're insecure ourselves, because we have bad feelings about ourselves, because we're jealous, um, because we're struggling in some way, or because we're shy, we hold back from saying the good things we see other people doing and accomplishing. I want to encourage you today to break that habit, to step out of your comfort zone and begin making a new habit of telling other people what they're good at, what they do well, how grateful you are for their talents. What you see, even small things can be so affirming for people. Even small things you notice that other people do well. Make it a daily habit to be saying the good things you see about other people. And you know what? That is going to cure you of this thing that might be holding you back. Like if I let people see this thing I'm good at, it's gonna make other people feel bad. Well, you know how you make other people not feel bad? Say the good things you see about them, compliment them, push it outward. If people are praising you for something and you're tempted to feel uncomfortable about it, push it outward. Say something good about other people. There's so much to say. There's so much to affirm. There's so much to encourage. There's so much good going on in the work and in the good things that people are doing around you. So speak it out loud. Make that a habit. And that is really going to cure you of this idea that accepting a compliment or allowing other people to see you be good at something, allowing other people to see you succeed or accomplish something is going to make other people feel bad. You know, false modesty is really an unattractive thing. And maybe you don't mean for it to be false modesty um, if you're kind of pushing off the good things that you can accomplish or acknowledgement of the good things that you might have accomplished. But it's really off-putting if you give someone a compliment and because they don't want to make you feel bad, they they tell you about six other things they're doing wrong or, you know, whatever it is. Um, find a way of curing yourself of that. Just accepting that compliment. Say, thank you so much for saying that. And um, make sure you're making a habit. It doesn't have to be immediately in response to their compliment, but make sure you're, you're making it a habit in your everyday life to affirm the good things that people are doing around you. That's just going to make you somebody that everybody loves anyway. Who doesn't love to be affirmed? Who doesn't love it when somebody notices something small and good that they have done and speaks it out loud? 
Make yourself that person. And the more you make yourself that person, the more you will have in mind that it's not about you anyway. And you're just a part of all of these workers in the kingdom and you're doing your part. And if someone acknowledges it, that's great. It's not sticking it to other people to be good at something. Okay. Number three, a reason why you may not want to let your light shine is that we don't want to call attention to ourselves because we're shy. I know. And I get this. And believe it or not, people, (laughs) some people don't believe it, but I am a naturally introverted, quiet, reserved, shy kind of person. You know, when I first ever started having a larger than the average size family, that was one of the toughest things for me was letting the world see this different thing I was doing. And not necessarily that they were complimenting me for it. Um, Sometimes they were, but sometimes they absolutely were not. Um, But standing out and being different, it's so hard sometimes and we don't like to call attention to ourselves. It makes us uncomfortable. And this, honestly, is something that I just want to encourage you to just get over yourself about. I know that's easier said than done, but I've certainly worked at it and had many opportunities to practice it over the years where I didn't want to stand out when I was, you know, dragging six kids, you know, ages seven and under to the grocery store, but of course I was standing out. And that's, that's a hard thing, but just learning to offer it up. It's a wonderful occasion to do that. And then the more you do it, the better you can get at it. So it might not be a large family that's making you stand out. It might be something that you're really actually awesome at. And it makes you different because other people are struggling with that thing. And other people don't understand how it it comes naturally to you or even something that you work very hard at. And you are a, a great shining example of awesomeness in this particular thing. Sometimes we don't want to stand out and be different from other people. It can really make you uncomfortable. You know, I always remember in third grade, I had a teacher, um, a man who was very kind and he was very encouraging of me. He encouraged me artistically and he encouraged me academically. He he thought I was um, a unique student and he was really focused on me. Well, I hated that he was focused on me. <laughs> I hated it. He was so kind and so nice and he wanted to be building me up, but it made me stand out from the other kids. And I'm not saying he did it perfectly. He probably shouldn't have made it stand out to the other kids. But I just remember my extreme discomfort sometimes um, when he would set me aside or give me a different assignment or whatever it was. But I remember those moments and I think, you know what, that was like a formative part of of me growing up. And I, I think I've allowed that discomfort too much to form how I'm going to be engaging with the world, that it sort of made me feel like I need to be holding back in some kind of way, especially about something that I might be good at. So recognizing that, um, and that's actually um, the next the next item I'm going to mention is something negative or limiting in your experience in the past. Um, so let's just move on to that one because I can talk about both of these together. Um, there might be some negative experience in your past that is holding you back and making you feel like you can't let your light shine or you're uncomfortable letting your light shine or you had a negative thing, a negative interaction with a parent or with a teacher, somebody who told you you couldn't be good at something. Maybe someone who was jealous of you told you something that was very limiting about who you are and what you can do. Maybe somebody who was just short-sighted and um, just told you that you can't possibly do something and that's stuck with you. You know, parents and teachers really have a power over our entire lives. I mentioned that third grade teacher. I had another experience 
in second grade with my second grade teacher. And it's so funny going back to our elementary years here, but this is formative stuff. It matters. And there might be something inside of your childhood that stands out to you as I share these stories. But in second grade, okay, I had a teacher who gave us all this kind of fun assignment. She gave us like a a phrase or a word. I can't even remember what it was. might have been like George Washington or something. And she said, go home tonight and come up with as many words as you can using the words in this phrase or whatever. I don't know what other rules or limitations she had on the assignment, but that's what she had for the assignment. Well, I was this little geeky word girl and I loved this assignment. This was exactly the kind of thing I loved to do. And um, I would always do like the jumble in the paper. And I loved like making words and switching words around and swapping out letters and maximized this assignment. So I went home and I found hundreds hundreds of words in this phrase. And I listed them all out. And I was so proud of what I did because I was like, you know, not that I was feeling braggy, but I just felt like I'm good at this. This is coming naturally to me. I'm going to just max this out and see how many I can possibly get. And it was some kind of contest that the teacher had set up. So the next day at school, I turned in my assignment and um, I was like, so very happy with what I had accomplished and proud of it. And At the end of the day, the teacher like mentioned the assignment again. And like I said, it had been some kind of contest and she wanted to announce the winner of the contest. And she announced as the winner, the name of this boy in the class who had hundreds less words than I did. Like he couldn't have won. It was very confusing to me. I was like, what? And, um, you know, like I said, I'm naturally a shy person, never more so than when I was in second grade. And so I just kind of quietly accepted this and I wasn't even going to ask my teacher about it. And so bad, so bad. I just, uh, anyway. Um, and I went, I was going to leave the classroom at the end of the day and the teacher pulled me aside and she said, I know you think you had hundreds more words than, you know, Kenny did or whatever. Um, But I know that you had help doing this assignment and it wasn't just you. So I couldn't give you the first prize. And she, and she gave me back my assignment and gosh, how heartbreaking. And I think about that. And I don't even know if I told her, tried to defend myself in any way. Like I said, I was super quiet and super shy and I'm sure I felt reprimanded you know, by what she was telling me, like I cheated or something. And that really stuck with me. Like, you don't want to stand out because people won't even believe you did a great thing, right? That's the message I received from that teacher. And God bless her. (laughs) She thought she was doing the right thing. I don't want anyone to have bad feelings for my second grade teacher. But, you know, thinking back on that, that's a very formative thing. And there might be something like that in your past that sticks with you whether it was a parent that told you, you, you can't sing, or it was, you know, um, a teacher that told you, you do sloppy work or some sort of criticism or reprimand in your past, or somebody who defined who you were when you're young, you're looking for people to tell you who you are and what you can do, what you're good at. And if somebody did a poor job of that, or if somebody limited you in a way that wasn't accurate or fair, that can stick with you into adulthood. So I just want to encourage you to think about what, What things in your past, in your past experience, can you overcome? Can you tell yourself the truth about now? Can you learn to let go of what might be forming some of your natural reactions to being good at something, to standing out in some way? What kind of past formative story are you carrying around? And I want to encourage you to let go of it, okay? I let go of second grade. You can do this too. 
All right. Um, so the next reason why we might hold back and want to hide under that bushel basket is we are afraid of criticism. Oh my gosh, we are, right? <laughs> Especially about any kind of creative pursuit. We're so sensitive and insecure and we're anxious about sharing it with the world. So many writers I know are crippled by this, but I know it applies to many different things. Whatever it is you might try to take on, whether it's something as big as like starting your own business or something as small as offering to organize a fundraiser for your, your child's classroom or whatever it is, we're afraid of people criticizing us. And this is hard because it's real. People are going to criticize you. I have certainly learned that over the years of sharing myself and putting myself out there online and whatnot. Um, and I would like to say I've gotten better at it. And I have. I truly have. Um, early on, I remember being devastated by like one negative comment on a blog somewhere or whatever and just carrying it with me. And you know, once you experience that a few different times, you can kind of begin to put it in perspective if you don't let it just shut you down forever, which of course you should not. It's one person's opinion. And it might even be valid for that person. You're you're not your gift isn't meant for that person. But it can be hard to come to terms with this. But this is another part of what we can offer up. This is part of how we can humbly accept who God made us to be and what he is calling us to do. It takes great humility to put yourself out there and accept the inevitable criticism that's going to come from it, whether it's from somebody who's jealous or somebody who's you know got their own negative spiral going on in their life and they're lashing out at you, or if it's legitimate, you aren't speaking to that person and that's okay. It's important to kind of humbly accept who God made you to be and what he's allowed you to share, what he's given you the ability to share and how you're going to do it. Just humbly accepting that it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. So I think that's that's really a really important thing to remember. Um, I recently heard somebody refer to accepting the glory for the work they accomplish or whatever good things they might do as plagiarizing, like it's plagiarizing God's work. And I thought that's a really helpful perspective. So it's not our work, it's God's work being done through us if we will allow it. And so if we're accepting any of the glory for it, that's plagiarizing God's work. If we're accepting any of the negativity for it, again, plagiarizing God's work. This person is um, wants to give you negative feedback about something that you are humbly accepting that God is doing through you. And it doesn't, you know, when I talk in these terms, when I talk about like God working through you and God's plan for your life, sometimes we get these grandiose ideas of what I'm talking about. It isn't always grandiose. It isn't always <laughs> glorious and amazing. Sometimes it's just humbly accepting one small little task and faithfully following through on that work. And um, yep, you might receive criticism for that. For sure, if you're putting yourself out there in any kind of public way, people are going to take shots at you. It is part of life, unfortunately, something we need to accept. And I think it's helpful to put that in perspective before you even do it. Like, say you're going to publish a book. Of course, I want to go to writing examples, but whatever kind of endeavor it might be for you. Say you want to start a business. Just tell yourself beforehand, there are going to be people who are going to tell me, I can't do it. I shouldn't do it. Here are all the reasons why it's not going to work. You know, when my husband was uh, starting his own small business a couple of years back, as some of you know, he um, owns an escape room business here in our little community. When he was going um, to put the plan together, somebody very close to him told him, that's not going to work. And this person thought he was being loving and looking out for his best interests, being cautious and whatnot. But I was so angry 
that this person would shoot him down like that when he was putting himself out there, taking a risk that I thought was a reasonable and a good one. Um, but there are always going to be people like that. And sometimes it's people who love you, who think they're telling you what's best for you, limiting you for your own good, for your own protection. But sometimes it's people who are just angry and sad and they have their own hurts going on and they're, they want to wound other people. Um, but accepting beforehand, you know, if you decide this is what God wants me to do, this is something good that I can do, something I can accomplish, something I can work on, something I can try, and maybe I'm going to mess it up, but I feel called to try it. If you decide that, then give yourself the little pep talk ahead of time also that there are going to be people who tell you not to do it or that it's a bad idea or that they don't like the way you did it or, you know, whatever negative thing they want to give you feedback on, that it's going to happen. So accepting that ahead of time and that can help you in the moment. It's still going to sting. Nobody likes to receive negative feedback, but it can help you in the moment um, to accept that that's just part of the process. And and it might be valid. You know, you might want to listen to it. You might want to go back and listen to our episode about how to receive criticism, how to handle criticism well, because a lot there applies to this particular situation. So if that's something you're struggling with, something you're working on, um, that show might be helpful to you. I will put a link to that particular episode. Let me make a note to myself um, in the show notes uh, for this episode. Now, as I'm mentioning show notes for this episode, remember you can text the word girlfriends to the number 33777 and you will be automatically subscribed to get the show notes sent to your inbox every week. It's really helpful to have that because I know sometimes you're driving or you're working out or you're doing other things while you're listening to the podcast. So when I'm talking about the show notes and go to ascensionpress.com for the show notes, you're not always going to remember exactly how to get there or have the link. Um, this way you'll have all the links for all of the shows, all this good stuff that we're talking about here, all those resources in your inbox every week. You'll also be reminded to listen to the new episode. That's another bonus. You won't ever miss a show this way. So again, if you text the word girlfriends to 33777, that's how to get yourself on that list and automatically receive the show notes in your inbox. So anyway, in the show notes this week, in your inbox, hopefully, I'm going to have that link to that show about how to handle criticism. All right, the last thing I want to mention for a reason why we sometimes don't want to let our light shine is that it's just so much work. <laughs> sometimes we're afraid of the work involved. Because even if you're very good at something, that doesn't mean it's not work to do it. I mean, for me, for sure, writing is a great example of that. I have natural ability to write, but that doesn't mean it isn't really hard work sometimes, hard to find the time to do it, takes a lot of effort to sit myself down and force myself to do it, doesn't mean I don't have to work at it. So whatever it is that you are good at or that you're naturally inclined toward, sometimes it's work to put it together. You know, you might be really good at organizing and you think, oh, I could organize this particular thing for my kid's school or whatever it is, and you don't want to volunteer because it's work. Well, how can I say this nicely? Uh, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> you have been given a gift and you are meant to use it for the benefit of the people God has placed in your life. You are meant to be serving God by serving the people he has placed in your life, people around you. For sure, that begins with your own home and family. And of course, we need to balance the things that we're taking on outside of that. But that said, shying away from something because it's going to be difficult, um, not really a good excuse. You know, 
I think you need to be balanced, of course, in the things you're taking on. Like I mentioned, you need to be building in respite. So particularly if there's, um, you know, something that you're volunteering with or something at work, particular projects you're taking on, I think it can be really helpful to kind of have the perspective of um, having sort of an ebb and flow of the kinds of work that you're going to be doing. For me, for sure, um, you know, with my retreats, with my speaking, with my writing, with uh, the different projects I do outside of my regular everyday to day stuff, I have to be very careful about kind of spacing those out, making sure there's time for respite built in between so that I'm not going to get burned out. So it's a legitimate thing to not want to be burned out and making sure that that's not going on for you. But be honest with yourself about reasons why you might be trying to hide something that you're good at or tempted to do that. Okay, so those are my thoughts and my responses to all of our excuses for why we might want to hide our light. Why are you hesitating to let your light shine? Why are you tempted to hide your light. I'd love to hear from you with feedback about this episode or about any of the episodes of Girlfriends. You can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com, or you can find me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. No excuses. You know where to find me. Coming up, we have some feedback from a listener who is struggling a bit to find the time for a creative pursuit of her own. But first, this quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to The Girlfriends Podcast. I'm Jeff Cavins. I wrote The Activated Disciple because I know how easy it is to practice the faith and to study it, but what if we lived our entire lives without doing what we learned? God doesn't just call us to be students. He calls us to be disciples, to look and live like Jesus. If you yearn for a life that moves beyond just studying and believing, if you yearn to become an activated disciple, then this book is for you. The Activated Disciple teaches you how to take your faith to the next level so you can become an instrument for God to transform the world. To order The Activated Disciple, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. Welcome back. I'm glad that we are on the part of the show where we talk about listener feedback because this is my favorite. As you know, I'm always begging for your feedback, but not just for my own selfish purposes, but for sure, I want to know that the show is serving you. And the best way I can know that the show is serving you is if you let me know what your needs are. I can plan future shows if you have ideas for topics and things you might want me to take on, or if you send me a question. Um, This really feedback is a very valuable way for me to grow the show and make sure that it is remaining a useful and practical and encouraging resource for you. Before I get to um, Margaret, who emailed, I want to give a shout out to Jacqueline, who I met this past weekend at the Your Worth It retreat I gave here in New Hampshire. I loved giving this retreat in my home state. I love connecting with women who live in New Hampshire. Um, And Jacqueline was so kind. She came to the retreat. She's a podcast listener, and she brought me a gift pack of um, coffee and cocoa and peppermint oil for making my own peppermint mochas because she recalled how on a previous podcast I mentioned how much I loved the Starbucks peppermint mochas. So kind of you, Jacqueline, and I was thrilled to meet you along with all the other wonderful ladies there at St. Michael Parish here in New Hampshire. God bless you guys. All right, 
Then from Margaret, I received this email from Margaret who said, Dear Danielle, thank you so much for all you do. I have been listening to your podcast for a few months now, and I'm so grateful for all your insight, and I love your sense of humor. Thank you for taking the time to encourage others. I am a wannabe writer and a mom, and I'm in awe of people like you who seem to do it all. How on earth do you find the time to write? And even more importantly, how did you find the time to write back when all of your kids were very small? Thank you for any help you can offer, Margaret. Okay, Margaret, um, this is very appropriate for today's show, right? Because we're talking about using your talents and not hiding your light. Well, first of all, congratulations, Margaret. I'm glad you are making this effort or wanting to make this effort to work on your writing. And I just want to tell you in a very practical way, the way I make time for writing inside of everything else that I'm doing, uh, you might not like to hear this, is staying up very late (laughs) and or getting up very early. Uh Uh-huh. I know. I don't recommend this for the long term, of course, but when I'm working on particular projects, that's how I steal time. I steal it from my sleep. And uh, yeah, that's that's a little tricky, but it can be done. And I do recommend it for a short-term project for sure. So if there's something particular you're working on, that might be a good way for you to find that time. Another way that I want to mention is getting help. Now, I know some moms who are writers who have a regular babysitter, you know, a couple of times a week, one day a week, one afternoon, whatever it is that you can afford or make sense for you and your family. Um, And then you have that time devoted to that. Over the years, I have always had Dan as a helper, and I've been so grateful for that. There's no way I could have ever accomplished any kind of writing without Dan, um, because he's always been very willing. If I, you know, plan ahead and say, hey, Saturday afternoon, Thursday night, whatever it is. Uh, I need this chunk of time to work on this. And maybe it's not even need. Like I want this chunk of time to work on this. He's always been very supportive in that way. Very helpful to kind of take over things and um, be flexible with our family schedule. Take on things that normally maybe he wouldn't to enable me to do that. So Margaret, maybe there's, um, maybe your husband can do that. Maybe you could hire a mother's helper. Homeschool families are really great. If you have some around you, like you could get like an 11 year old girl who maybe otherwise you wouldn't be leaving alone with your kids, but you could have her just stay with your kids, um, during certain hours of the day while you're still in the house and working on a a project or something like that. So that's another thing that you might want to think about. And then the third point I want to make is just making a plan, having a schedule for when you're going to work on your writing. Because, you know, whether it's working on writing or some other thing that you're working on, if you don't plan it, it's not going to happen. It's like, you know, that friend that you're always like, oh, we should get together. And then you never plan it. Not going to happen, right? It doesn't happen. Same thing with working on your writing, Margaret. It's not going to happen if you don't schedule it, if you don't plan it. That's not to say you can't work on writing in little pockets throughout your day. Because if you're waiting for the perfect you know, big space of time to drop into your lap. I got news for you. That is never going to happen. At least it's never happened for me. I did learn, especially when the kids were little, to use those little 20 minutes at a time to just get a few sentences in or write an outline or, you know, throughout my day, I would be working on a project kind of in my mind, thinking about something I want to work on that I'm writing and just play around with it and write down little notes on a scrap of paper on the kitchen counter until you can get to it later. Um, For sure, you can do that. But then having a schedule and a plan for me right now in my life, if I'm working on a book project or some other larger project with a deadline, 
I work backwards from that deadline and I make a schedule like I'm going to write this chapter by this date, this chapter by this date, this section by this date. And I don't always stick to it perfectly. It's not always possible. Life happens. Um, But just having that plan in place is really helpful. And um, the times recently when I've done that on book projects, it really pays off because I will set aside the time ahead of time, like on, you know, on Thursday evening, this is my writing time and I have this deadline a fake deadline, maybe, and you know, with the publisher, there's only the <laughs> final deadline. But even if you're just working on something and you're not even, you don't even have a publisher yet, you make your own deadlines, make your own, you know, you know, they're fake, but you don't have to focus on the fact that they're fake. They should be real and put them into your calendar and say, I'm going to have this amount done by this date and this done by this date. It really keeps you on track. And then the really benefit of this is that if you're doing that, like, let's say I'm working on a book project and, um, I've got 12 chapters I want to write. And I said, I want to have, you know, the third chapter done during this week, during that week, if I write the third chapter, I'm all set. I don't have to be stressing and fretting about the remaining chapters and not hitting that final deadline. And how am I ever going to do it? It's not looming overhead. I'm all set. I hit this week's deadline and then I can relax a bit and I can feel free to focus on other things and not feel bad about I'm not writing right now and I'm spending time with my family or I'm going on a date with my husband or I'm going out with friends or, you know, doing the laundry or whatever it is that's vying for your time and attention is it's all in place, you know, not perfectly again, but you can find a place for it if you have those kind of softer, smaller deadlines worked in working toward your your final goal. And then finally, Margaret, I just want to encourage you to pray about it. This whole show has been about using your talents and being in touch with how God wants you to use your talents. Well, bring it to him. He will help you to find that time. He will help you to make your priorities fall into place. If you're asking for that grace, if you're asking for that guidance from him, he will help you to meet your goals if they're his too. So just keep showing up in prayer and asking God for his guidance, asking God for grace to do what he is calling you to do, and he will not fail you. So giving it all over in prayer um, is really helpful. So I hope that's helpful to you. There might be other writers out there who have a different approach and um, mom writers, especially, I love hearing about your process and what works for you. And so I would benefit from that. Margaret would, and I'm sure others too. There are many people who um, write and also other creative pursuits who listen to the Girlfriends podcast. So I'd love to be able to share them with others. Email me, Danielle at daniellebean.com if you have something to share along those lines. All right, before we have to go, I just want to mention some places coming up where I'm going to be, you know, I love to meet you in person. Like I just met Jacqueline and others in person at the retreat I had here in New Hampshire. If you're going to be anywhere that I'm going to be, I would love to be able to meet you in person. So some upcoming dates, I'm going to be at the Los Angeles Religious Education Congress, LA Congress in Anaheim, California, February 20th through the 23rd. I'm going to be speaking, giving a couple of workshops there. I'm also going to be at the booth for Catholic Mom. I would love it if you're anywhere in the area or planning to attend that Congress, if you would stop by and say hi. Um, Then Saturday, March 7th, I'm going to be giving my You're Worth It retreat in Jasper, Indiana at Precious Blood Parish. Again, links in show notes. So text girlfriends to 33777. Make sure you're on that list. Then Saturday, March 14th, I'm going to be giving a women's conference in Fresno, California. Saturday, March 28th, I will be speaking at the women's conference in Norwich, Connecticut. 
I'm also scheduling into the fall, but I'm not going to share any of those dates just yet, but I would love to be able to connect with you and the women in your community. If you are interested in setting up something, maybe a goal for you in your community in the coming year is to have a women's retreat, a women's gathering, a women's conference in your parish, in your community, with your women's group. I would love to talk with you about the possibility of me coming and being a part of that, or the possibility of you having me come to your community and give one of my retreats for women. I love the opportunity to do that. So for more information about that, you can go to daniellebean.com slash retreats. There's a little form you can fill out there to get more information. Also, daniellebean.com slash speaking if you just want to have me come to a speaking event that you're already putting together. I would love to be able to connect with you in that way and meet you and the other women of your community. In the meantime, though, I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for connecting with me here through the podcast. Truly, you are an important member of the Girlfriends community, even if all you're ever doing is putting those earbuds in or hitting play in your car. I'm so encouraged by the fact that you're listening. I'm so encouraged by the fact that you show up and that you listen to what we share here at Girlfriends. So thank you for that. Thank you for the gift of your presence here at the Girlfriends podcast. And until next time, I hope you'll enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 